Welcome back to another episode of the Wild Edible World Podcast. My name is Michael. I'm just one of your hosts, and this episode, you're going to call me Puff Daddy. And this is Stay Puff Steve, but we're not talking marshmallows, folks. We're talking uh, giant puffball mushrooms. Yeah, puffball mushrooms this episode. Um, Specific, I think we're going to focus mostly on Calvadia gigantea, which is the giant puffball mushroom, the most impressive one I think a lot of people are mostly familiar with. Yeah, they're all pretty darn cool. They are. But... And pretty darn similar, to be honest. Yeah, 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 definitely. Just size mainly, Yeah, I think, and a little bit shape. Yeah, size, shape, um, surface texture, but on the inside, they're all the same. That's right. They're all just... They all deserve a little bit of love. All just friendly little fellas. (laughs) So I think, um, yeah, a lot of people have come across this mushroom. Now's, this, now's the time. So on the cusp of August through September into October, where the temperatures are starting to slide back down into fall, we're going to be coming across these big, um, sometimes skull-shaped mushrooms just sitting on a lawn or a lot of the times kind of like on the edges of tree lines on forests. Yeah, like who, who left their very plain soccer or volleyball? Oh, yeah, out, sun-bleached. Know? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, otherwise, otherwise you've probably seen them completely destroyed or have done the destroying because yeah. they're quite a joy to, like, kick. Yeah. And they just... I, I, I just saw one this past Saturday that was just murdered. Oh, yeah. Somebody non- annihilated that thing, and it still went to spore and still did its thing, so, yeah. you know. Yeah, it does still continue to mature after yeah. you, like, destroy it. I learned a valuable lesson last year in foraging in that, like, when you come across something... You, if you want it, you should probably take what you can of it then, as opposed to thinking like, "Oh, I'll just come back tomorrow, <laughs> yeah. let it grow just a little bit more." Because sure enough, I find a puffball, and I think I'm gonna come back for it tomorrow. And the next day, it has been stomped on. Yeah, so kick the shit out of it. Yep, the the ever loving. Yeah, but so as far as like recognizing this mushroom, that's really all there is to it. It is a giant white puffball. It's a ball sitting on the ground. Yeah, if you find it yellow, you don't want it. If you find yep. it brown, nah. Super no. Yeah. Uh, although there's uh, some remedies that people use those, those brown mushrooms for. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that in our second half. But the uh, composition of this mushroom is it has this uh, kind of almost rubbery outer layer. So there's a couple viral videos online. Um, one from even friend of the podcast, Tim Clemens. Minnesota Forager, and he basically walks up to this mushroom and starts spanking the thing, and it's like jiggling, <laughs> and it makes this like nice, like semi-hollow sound. Like it's a little bit reverberative, but it's so satisfying. I you think know? he just posted a video either today or yesterday yeah. where he's just like throwing the thing up in the air and treating it like it. a baby, yeah, <laughs> yeah spinning around. Super funny, man. Yeah, I, I love that. Great sense of humor, that guy. Uh, and you know, he adores puffballs like we all should. You know, yeah. you, gotta, you should treat them lovingly and. Uh, there's a lot of different ways you can eat them. I think they're incredibly versatile and they're tasty. They smell pretty good. They smell clean. And there's a pretty easy way to recognize whether they're still edible or not. Yeah. So you find this mushroom, you come across it, you see this big white ball sitting on the ground and you decide to check to make sure that this is a puff ball. Well, you're going to pull it off of the ground and the first thing you're going to notice is that it doesn't sprout from a stem mm-hmm. it basically just kind of inflates from the point of contact with the ground you know it just like expands no stem or nothing 
Um, and a lot of the times that's probably the most volatile area where you're going to cut away some of the dirt and some insect damage or whatever. But the main key factor is you're going to take a peek on the inside of this mushroom. Most people, uh, you take it home. You can kind of tell on the outside how smooth and kind of like fresh yeah. it looks. Sometimes it'll have a little bit of dinginess color to it on the outside, and it can still be good on the inside. That just means that the outer, like that rubbery outer layer is going to be thicker and more defined. And honestly, uh, there's a pretty nice golden period where it's fully matured and not producing spores where that outer layer peels off like a banana. Yeah. Like it's, it just comes straight off and you're just left with these huge chunks of tofu that's just like so easy to work with. Um, but okay, I'm making, I'm slowly making my way to this <laughs> point that the point is like you look in the center of this mushroom and you want to make sure that it is completely white throughout. Yeah. Stark white. And so, I mean, that's part of why I think this mushroom is really cool is because you don't really see stuff this bleached white in nature. Like, yeah, it's very white. When you see it as you're walking down a trail and, and you happen to spot it out of the corner of your eye, it's, it's very obviously just white in a field of browns and greens and, and, yeah. and, and whatnot. So, yeah, it's pretty stark. Yeah. Eye-catching. It's gorgeous. It is. So there's a couple different varieties that puffballs come in, and they all follow basically the same rule that you want to make sure that they are bright white throughout the entire mushroom. And so there's the jewel-studded puffball. There's, um, there, I can't remember, there's like the skull puffball, which is like a medium size. So the giant puffball, I mean, when we say giant, it can get really giant. So Huge. the largest one on record uh, was actually only just found in 2010, by a schoolboy in Yorkshire, England, and that was 66 and a half inches in diameter, which that's, is just monstrous. That's, that's like in competition for the biggest pumpkin at the fair. I'm going to guess that was like, I don't know, like 50 pounds probably? Oh, I, got, I could not even imagine. Yeah. yeah. That just would literally outrageous. feed a whole village. Yeah. Um, Giant mushroom. Really impressive. But uh, so, yeah, like Steve mentioned earlier, the biggest difference in these mushrooms is going to be size. Yes. So jewel studded puffball, you're going to find these growing on um, a lot of wood chips or on deadwood itself. And they're going to be small, like basically four to six inches at most. Like yeah. they're pretty small. The skull shaped uh, puffball is going to be, I don't know, six to 20 inches in size on average at max 20 inches and then giant puffball is from like 10 inches to obviously 66 and a half to yorkshire size to york to the yorkshire chonk <laughs> um but yeah it's a really fun mushroom to find it is an abundant mushroom so whenever you find one of them uh i'd Especially giant puffballs, I'd never eat an entire puffball in one sitting. And, and they're so versatile. You can do yeah. so much with it. I mean, So, yeah, a lot of people uh, compare it to tofu. Yes. Right? So yeah. it feels like tofu. It almost kind of smells like tofu. Mm -hmm. And it acts like tofu whenever yeah. you cook it. So, however, I like using it in scrambled eggs. You know, there's... Wow. Yeah, I mean, it just... It, that's cool. It, that's, I mean, another way you can compare it is it whenever you cook them down, they taste like scrambled eggs. Yeah. If you chop them up... So the first time I ever had, had them, I was... We were camping, uh, my wife and I, and we found a puffball. We chopped it up, peeled it, made sure it was white throughout, and just sauteed it with some olive oil and some salt. And mm -hmm. they just kind of, like, turned into scrambled eggs. Um, 
you know, not necessarily combined scrambled eggs, but very separated sure. scrambled eggs, if that makes any sense. But it was delicious. I think they're well worth a try. The flavor is kind of nutty, earthy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I think it's really approachable as far as a beginner mushroom is concerned. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's relatable to portobello easily. So it's like, if you've had that, you could easily try this. And There's just so time. many things you can do with them. Yeah. Like nutritionally, uh, like culinarily, they're just so diverse. Um, sure, yeah, we were talking about, and, and we'll explain this in the second part. Okay? Yeah, 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 But that they were, that it's a really valuable mushroom for people who are vegetarian or vegan. Yes. Um, it supplies a lot of nutrients that um, it can have a little difficulty acquiring with some of those diets and lifestyles. So it's a really valuable mushroom. And again, yeah, you find one of them and it can feed your whole family and your friends. Like normally, what, like what have you done with puffballs? You said you mostly like, you just split them up and share them sometimes. Yeah, like exactly. you can't possibly yeah. eat one mushroom by yourself. Absolutely not. Like, well, un- unless you find like a little guy, but sure. And then you take it cause you don't wait till next till yeah. tomorrow. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah. You, they're a very easy mushroom to share. Uh, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll get into some recipe stuff, just some other stuff I saw when I was just looking, looking up facts. So they're, they promote um, blood clotting, so pe- they actually used to slice, put slices of of puffball mushroom on wounds. Oh my god! To, like field dressing. Yeah, yeah, like field dressing with with shrooms. Yeah. What? So cool. Um, so it's got else? like a coagulating effect. Yeah, it's yeah. so cool. I, f- I forget what the uh, what the term is, but somebody will look it up. It's it's there. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Uh, well, I think that's a really awesome fact to round out the first half. Yeah, for sure. And Let's get into some yum yums. Yeah, we'll we'll deliver our uh anchor ad and then uh uh to all you um hungry hungry listeners just itching for more anchor ads Mm, (laughs) so thanks for listening and we'll be back in just a few minutes Thanks for coming back to our second half on the Wild Edible World podcast. Welcome back to the fun half. The fun half. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. They're, they're both fun. They're nah, both fun. for sure. Uh, we just want to start it off this uh, second half with a reminder that we do have our free uh, ingredient beer, uh, botany and beer event next week, it's September the 15th. so much fun. It's going to be a great time. It's totally free. If you do imbibe, you get a couple free pours of beer to... Uh, Really immerse yourself in the descriptions that we'll be giving as far as like elderflower and spruce tip. So if you're if you are sober, you can still come. There are plenty of non-alcoholic options. Uh, they have really cool options for like coffee, seltzers, um, Sprite, Coke, water. You know, you cannot drink beer there. It's fine, and it is a free event, so you don't have to buy anything if you don't want to. You can just come hang out. For the uh, you know the best part of it all, which is going to be me and Steve. Yeah, it's going to be so much fun. It's going to be a great time. I don't know um, if I've said this yet, but it's going to be so much fun. <laughs> Just the third time to round it out. Yeah. Um, so 
And then on top of that, we have uh, the Midwest Harvest Festival, too, yeah, which some is exciting next news. week. Some exciting, I mean, potentially, but potentially, I might be teaching a class there, uh, doing a plant walk, may or may not be, we'll see. I mean, honestly, kind of fingers crossed that everything remains well, and um, I won't have to fill in, but the potential that I might be teaching a class there, but I will be there anyway. I won't. Which I'm super sad about, but yeah, no, we're gonna make that happen next year. Yeah, next year I'm totally going. I didn't even, I didn't even know. I had no idea. So yeah. ignorant to this thing, this thing that I've been a part of unknowingly for yeah so long. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm surprised that I haven't talked about it before either. Like, you, talked you probably to, to have. you about it. Um, yeah, but this ticket's sold out within a week, so mm-hmm. unfortunately, there's like no way you can get them now. Sure. Um, there's like a pretty big waiting list too that they have online. So just make sure that um, next year we're you're prepared. And they usually go on sale, I think, in like June or July. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they sold out within like forty eight hours this this time. Last year it was like a week. You had like a week. This year it was literally two days because um, there's going to be a lot of really cool keynote speakers there. Sure. Uh, I don't know, uh, Alexis Nelson, um, yeah, buddy, Black Forager. Ever heard of her? Mm-hmm. She's going to be there. I'll be there. If you guys see me, say hi. Um, I'll be walking around probably trying to impose my recording on some uh, very <laughs> nice foragers. Yeah. So say hi. Anyway, back to the topic at hand, I think, unless you have anything. There, is there anything else? To no, I think that's, that, that, that covers the extracurricular activities. Okay, great. Uh, let's get some newts. Newts. Tell us about this powerhouse that is the puffball. So it's pretty great. Um, like we were discussing earlier, it's a really great option for vegetarians or vegans because it offers a lot of really awesome minerals like copper, iron, manganese, some mm-hmm. like um, stuff that is usually kind of found in meat products uh, or animal products. So this is a really great mushroom because um, not only is it so versatile in use, but it's also versatile in its nutrient content. It's a protein powerhouse you said uh, i think we we discussed it was 44 grams out of like a 100 gram sample yeah so three and a half ounces of this which is not a lot of puffball because they're big they're big yeah and they they're they're not heavy but they're not you know light either yeah exactly Uh, i I just i can't like just sitting here thinking about you know it it is it's similar to like a like a firm textured tofu Mm -hmm. but the I know it's got a little bit, I don't know, a little more springiness to it. Yeah, it's a little bit powdery. I would say it's almost like soft tofu. It's I want to liken it to firm tofu after it's cooked. But then once, yeah, yeah, exactly. But once okay. it's like before it's cooked, it's a, almost a, it's a little bit softer, spongier. Yeah, and it can kind of flake and powder pretty easily. I'm thinking of how delicious it would be to do like a. a Almost like a Milanesa or like a like a schnitzel, like a oh absolutely know, something like that. Yeah, bread it absolutely lovely. Mm-hmm. No, that was actually a recipe I saw online while I was just trying to find some specific details about this earlier. Mm-hmm. Was a puffball schnitzel uh, recipe. So yeah, that's a and great idea. And it's just about Oktoberfest. So oh my puffball schnitzel. Of I know a nice margin. Uh, Count me in. I know me too. So. I guess I want to, before we get too far into it, I also want to mention that there are potential toxic lookalikes. Yes. Um, you know, I, I find this kind of a difficult um, <laughs> mistake to make. Yeah. Because sure. they're, they're, you know, okay, if you're going to find something that could look like it that is toxic, you're going to find the scleroderma, mm-hmm. which is the earth ball. 
And so these are small, spherical. Um, they kind of do have like sometimes a white out exterior. Sure. And they're I think they're usually growing on dead wood. But whenever you cut it in half, it has like this muddy clay black interior. And it's like obvious right off the bat. Like, first of all, this doesn't look very um, appealing. Yeah. It doesn't look very tasty. No, it does not. Um, but it is also, it ble- behaves kind of completely differently. It really is just kind of like a clay. Um, and those are not edible. Don't eat those. It's just overly obviously not white. It's just, yeah, it's worth mentioning that um, that is a misunderstanding that sometimes people have. I yes. don't know. It's not that hard. Um, but a really cool little fact I had from earlier uh, about... Whenever we, like so, whenever the puffball fully matures, it goes through the stages of being white, and then it gets kind of yellow, and then it gets really, really dark brown. Um, and that was actually used to make ink in Tibet, which and is that's pretty cool. cool. Uh, I love like natural sources of ink. I mean, like almost everything is a natural source of ink. Like, <laughs> right? yeah, like it all it's all got to come from somewhere. But let's uh, smash it and write with it. I like, yeah, I, yeah, exactly. I like the just like direct transference. Like, oh, we found this out there, and then basically we just mixed it with some water or whatever the ink base was to uh, or condense it. You know, create maybe they made it into a block. I didn't really look that much into it. Yeah. You know, just saw that they made ink out of it, and it's that's just really cool. Um, but there's other things that you can do with the mature puffball, right? Like. Not just kicking them and exploding <laughs> them, but actually intentionally inhaling the yeah, spores yeah. The, was uh, a practice, the, right? So the like, the Blackfoot uh, Native Americans used to uh, first their their lore behind it was that they were stars that fell from the sky. So that shows you that they consider this to be a pretty special thing. And then they used to uh, inhale the spores because the spores have antimicrobial properties. So they fight Staphylococcus, E. coli, uh, Salmonella. Um, so they used to call it like smoking the uh, smoking the puffball because it looks like smoke. Like if you've, ever, if you've ever taken one of these little fellas and gave it a squeeze, it, yeah. it, it'll, it'll shoot out some spores. Yeah, and it definitely has that like wavy texture to it. Yeah. Like it's not just like, Poofy, it really does look like smoke. Um, that's that's so. In- I had never heard that, and I've never thought of it. And so it's they, they, the spores have actually been tested to have those properties, right? Yeah. So it's not. I mean, again, and um, just like a really fascinating example of indigenous science, like uh, having the they you know had their own ways of and have their own ways of figuring this stuff out, and like ha- how they knew that far before any of us were able to scientifically determine that. Those exact those spores did have those properties, but there they were, and you know, inhaling them like yeah, wow, pretty cool. I would never thought of it. No, I that it's not definitely definitely not something I think to do. To yeah, mushrooms I think we have in the woods, we, we have like, like antibiotics if we need them now, but this was like their antibiotic. Yeah, I think that's fascinating. Yeah. So uh, beyond that. Uh, let's see. So I think it's a really good mushroom for uh, dehydrating, to be honest. I think it does some really cool stuff. So I have like a big jar. I found a huge one last year, and I have a big jar where I just like cut it up into squares and then stuck it in the dehydrator, which, warning to anybody that chooses to dehydrate them, not only do they get like uh, <laughs> styrofoamy, like when they're when they're finished, so they can like... They're pretty fragile, and they can uh, squish pretty easily, and that can create a lot of dust. 
but it really smells. It's a very strong smell whenever you're dehydrating. Really? Them. Yeah, so it's not mm. a bad smell, you know? Yeah. It's. I think they smell, like, really fresh and kind of earthy, but it, it it's pungent. It's it's strong, and it will travel throughout the entire area that you're you're dehydrating them in. So just keep that in mind. You know, that's not really that big of a deal, but it was just something I remember experiencing. It was like, dang, that's... that's Strong. How does it rehydrate? So it rehydrates really well. I think it like I I for the intention that I have them, it's for putting in the soup. So rehydrating rehydrating them into soup and cooking them that way, they actually Mm. turn into like little dumplings. Oh, that's awesome! Like really fun. Oh yeah. So doing that, um, but using them fresh also. So my favorite way, I think, of all time, was just recently. Um, my brother and I grilled them outside. Like he found one, so we sliced them into like pretty big. It, it was basically exactly pizza sized, and we grilled them, and they were a little too thin. So next time I would do them thicker, but they were amazing. It had a nice like cooking them over the fire. Definitely has like a really nice flavor to it. We seasoned them pretty well with just like garlic, salt, and pepper. And you just grilled it oil. like a steak, like a just grilled steak. it like a steak. Yeah, or like nice. a hamburger even. You know, you sure, just throw sure. it on there, flip it a couple times and uh, munched them down, and they were really, really, really good. That's awesome. So Surprisingly good. Like, And I like the mushroom. Yeah, sounds tasty. it was still like, dang, mm-hmm. shockingly. But using them in eggs is a really good option, too, just like cooking them. And the eggs, they actually, be, like I said earlier, they kind of have this scrambled egg texture anyway, so whenever they're incorporated in eggs, they just pair really nicely with some seasonings. Yeah, it sounds it sounds wonderful. It sounds akin to like an like an eggplant parmesan or something like that. You oh know? yeah, like absolutely. Would, I feel like it's just such a versatile thing. Yeah, I mean it's as versatile as tofu. People yeah. use tofu for everything. So sure. this mushroom equally absorbs marinades, sauces, spices. You know whatever you're trying to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean literally just think of it as a parallel to tofu because it really is as versatile and it has pretty much. A comparable uh, quality of protein and carbohydrates mm-hmm. and all sorts of good minerals. Sure. It's a great mushroom. We hope you find some this year. You give it a shot. If you haven't seen it, maybe you'll notice it this time. Yeah, get out there right now. Maybe you they're thought right, they were big stones. Right yeah, definitely right now, yeah. <laughs> so I think that brings us to the end of another episode where we talk, bring you to the best food you can find for free in the low tide, curbside, and trailside. Me and Steve. Dynamic duo. The dynamic foraging duo. Thanks for joining us for another wonderful episode. Um, Go find some puffballs. Bye. Love you. Bye.